you, Heather. I'm going to put my phone up there. Can we all agree that the first submission has a pretty bad rap? I know that I have had a very long and, like, you just pumping that boxes spirit. He's like, no, I'm not. I'm like, up here. Thank you. There was no judgment there, by the way. I was teasing. Cool. <laughs> relationship. 
or really, really well-intended but strongly misguided church leadership. Some of us have been taught, like I was, that uh, when I got saved, I was saved at a time where um, what I was told is that I was fundamentally the scum of the earth. And that at all times, I needed to conduct myself in humility and submission and service, and that no matter what it was, I was to take the lowest space at all times. I was taught that as a wife, hold on, I was to be subject to my husband at all times. Whatever he said I was to do. I once heard a preacher say, <laughs> I once heard a preacher say that men act and a woman's duty is to joyfully respond. In my eagerness to follow the Lord, I wanted to do whatever he told me to do. And so I bought this idea lock, stock, and barrel that if I didn't do it, I was in sin. I also happened to have gotten saved during the shepherding movement, which is sort of the Chuck you know, sort of the, the, it was the response to the Jesus movement, right? So the Jesus movement was, was just crazy salvation, right? A lot of hippies, a lot of people getting saved off the street. So it was sort of this free love, sort of, whoa, Jesus is super good, yeah, right? And so all these people come into the church, and the church that was kind of like, this is mayhem. Like, if we don't create some sort of structure or shepherding for these people, this is going to be crazy. So the pendulum swung a fair bit. I don't know who was around during that time. Yeah. But there is always a distortion, right, to, to all of our good ideas, is that, so the shepherding movement basically taught that you were to obey your shepherds, which would be like your home group leader, your cell group leader, your pastor, whatever, at all times, no matter what. And if you didn't, you were in rebellion against God. This is the culture that I got saved into. So most of these interactions in truth have their basis in fear and control. And we are left feeling powerless, unimportant, with no value. And if we resist or question or want to interact, we are criticized and labeled. Yeah. At its worst, we are rebellious and backslidden. So I could go on and on with a lot of scenarios, and I'm not even going to dare ask how many of you have had some sort of interaction with some sort of manipulation around authority or submission, because I'm going to guess it's pretty much everybody in this room somehow, somewhere. <laughs> right? I don't want to spend a lot of time there because the light shines in the darkness and the darkness will not overcome. That's right. So my purpose was a simple foundation to show you what I have seen and experienced and to call out and identify and shine light on everything that is distortion around the subject. So if right now there is any place in your heart that is sweating or having a bad memory or triggering or all of that stuff, if nobody's ever told you, that is not God. And I want to say it to you. And I want to say I'm sorry for all of those things that happened to you. And all of those things that were said to you. Because they were not the Lord. And in any place where they altered the trajectory of your life and your hope and your future, 
and your confidence in your identity and your authority, it's not true. Can I take a deep breath? Okay, let's just shake it off. Just, woo, shake it off. Okay, so now we're going to have a little fun, okay? We're going to dive in to the deep end of the pool. Somebody declare, I'm about to get free. I'm about to get free. Come on, no, no, no. I'm about to get free. I'm about to get free. All right. There you go. All right. Lawrence, I have no idea if I'm going in any sense of the word, but let's go to, um, I always, I love the word of God. If we want to define anything, let's start with the word of God, okay? So let's go to the word of God, Lawrence. And let's read the definition of the word submission. So first of all, by the way, submission is used approximately six times in the Bible. Wow. Right? You're just free right now, right? It's like six times. Okay? But it is a very powerful tool. And the Greek word in the Bible is the word hupotasso. Okay? So that's a fun word, hupotasso. And when I, when I was reading this, I mean, there are things I learned in my heart already that the Lord had taught me, but when I read this, I was like, holy mackerel. Okay, so hupotasso. It is a Greek fashion. I don't think that's the right word. I might have, oh. Okay, I might have written that wrong. So here's what it is. It is not Greek fashion. It is not. <laughs> okay, so hupotasso. It is, it is a Greek military term. And it means to arrange in military fashion under the command of a leader. Who knew that? Anybody here? Did anybody who's reaction to that? Okay. So. Can you repeat that? Yep. Okay. It is a military term meaning to arrange in a military fashion under the command of a leader. Submission is an arrangement. It's an arrangement. I love this. Okay, so it's a military word. So it's an arrangement. And I want to know how many of you had this image come to your mind. Did we get it, Lawrence? Yeah. Okay. Okay, hold on. Hold your breath. Let me know if it's not working because I will tell them. Okay. So how many of you... Uh, I thought that was a good one. ...had this military arrangement? <laughs> Come to your mind. Oh boy. Yeah. So Hitler obviously was a dictator, right? So he had a very military arrangement. His arrangement was that what he said went absolute loyalty and obedience under threat of death. Pretty simple, right? But what I want to offer you is a different image. So I happened to look up the organizational chart of the U.S. military, and it looks more like that. When you see the first image, compare it to the second image, which one do you want to be a part of? Right? You want to be a part of the second one. In the first one, you're nameless, you're faceless, and you are sacrificed on the altar of agenda. In the second, you have a critical position to hold. Each one in their place contributes to the mission. We all have an individual mission that shares the DNA of the overall mission. If you've ever actually looked at a real org chart, so this is very simplistic. If you've ever looked at a real org chart, 
in most cases, each of those boxes open up and there's like a whole other one underneath it and then those open up and there's a whole other one beneath it and everybody, there's, a, there's usually a title and a job description and often a name that's attached to it. When I see this, my immediate question is, where do I fit? Where's my box? Where's my space? What do I get to hold down? Where is my part in this mission? The Apostle Paul describes us as a body, right? Each equal, as, as a body of Christ with many parts, each equally valuable and integral to the healthy functioning of the body with Christ as our head. Familiar language? Kukotasa, to arrange in military fashion under the command of a leader. The Apostle Paul said we are the body of Christ and Christ is our head. Oh, hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. Okay, here we go. Um, 1 Corinthians 12 For the body does not consist of one member But of many If the foot should say because I am not a hand I do not belong to the body That would not make it any less a part of the body And if the ear should say because I am not an eye I do not belong to the body That would not make it any less a part of the body If the whole body were an eye Where would the sense of hearing be If the whole body were an ear Where would the sense of smell be But as it is God arranged Arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. So you know that word uh, that I just said, God arranged the members of the body? In Greek, that means to place or to ordain. He placed the members. He ordained the members to hold a position. In the body. The word is purposeful. It is intentional. So this is not to say that if you are still discovering your calling, because some of you I can hear it already because I know how the devil works with these big fat liar. Yep. And, so, <laughs> and I've spent a lot of time being tormented. So I'm a little familiar with these phrases. And one of them says, I don't have a place. The other one says, I don't know what my place is. The other one might say, people are trying to stuff me into a place that I don't want to go. Mm -hmm. yeah. All of those are category-wise. If you're not sure yet where you're supposed to be, I want to speak over you that you're already there. Mm -hmm. This is going to mess with some of you, but you need to hear it. <laughs> the entire purposes of God were fulfilled when you accepted Jesus as your Savior. Do you understand that it's done already? You understand there's nowhere to go? The entire plan from the beginning was done when I said, Jesus, receive the work that you did on the cross for me. That is why Jesus said it's finished. Because it's already done. The purposes of God were already fulfilled. So by the way, you're already there. Right? Jesse, your word to... to um, to uh, him, the guy? Stone. Yes. You're in. That is always God's response. How do I, how do I, Lord, where do I, Lord, do you even want? The response is always, you're in. Thank you, Jesus. Okay? So we're going to start with that understanding. So the purpose of submission is once the work of the cross is finished and once you're in, 
How do you, what is, what is the goal of every believer? The Word of God tells us, you have been reconciled to Christ. Now go, go therefore, and be ministers of reconciliation to others. If you're wondering what your mission is, we all have the same one. There's nothing all that unique about it. Saved, healed, saved, healed, set free, delivered, well, I don't know, disciple, equipped, empowered, and sent. It's already done. We all have the same job. Okay? So the purpose of submission is how, Lord, do I get positioned in your mission? Right? Because somebody was positioned in their mission when you heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. Right? How did they hear if no one preaches? So everybody in this room heard the gospel at some point. That means some person somewhere took their position in the great org chart of God. Okay, I'm an administrator. You gotta know I'm gonna come up with an org chart. Okay? So you are not floating through space if you're not quite sure of your spot. So I'm gonna tell you you're already there. The second thing I'm gonna tell you is that you are going to discover it a bit. How do we know what the heart is? Well, we know because it pumps blood, it's sort of located there, it kind of does this, this action. You are going to discover your gift as you live. You're just going to live. You're going to serve where you can serve. You're going to get inspired where you can get inspired. You're going to love where you decide to love. You're going to hear something and your heart's going to go like, oh my gosh, i got to be part of that. That's your box. Just go with it. Okay? It may not be clearly defined, but you're not floating. You're learning. It's like boot camp, right? Nobody goes into the army and if I have a son who wants to be a SEAL, did you know SEAL training, just the training, is six years? Oh, wow. Robbie's not going to sign up for the military and they're going to go, hey, you want to go, you know, I don't know, SEAL Team 6. Right? They, they, I'm not good with history. Okay, but you know the SEAL Team 6 people that went and they got the guy, the big guy, the bad guy? <laughs> they got the lot <laughs> if you look at the age of those guys, they were well into their 30s. Okay? So you are somewhere on your journey. You were chosen by God because he prepared good works and the things for you to do. You're already there. Every day is a good work. You, every day, you're on the journey. Every moment that you're saying yes to the Lord, you're in. You're in your box. Okay? All right. If we understand the truth of the word submission, we understand that it is a beautiful arrangement of honor, value, and importance. When the whole body is working together, I homeschool my son and we're doing anatomy and physiology, and we have been talking a lot about homeostasis. Homeostasis is the state of being where every part of you is functioning properly and in its place. That's my rough definition. There is nothing in this definition that says one is more important than the other. There is nothing in this definition that says one is more valuable than the other, or more important, or more spiritual. It is simply an arrangement. And if you go back, okay, here's my favorite part, ready? Ready? Oh, I love this part. The, now I gotta find it. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, I might have to, I might have this part. Because this part's really good. Aha, yes, okay. The Hitler photo, the Yaki photo, right? We're nameless and we're faceless. When we look at the US military org chart, 
This is an arrangement for, you might want to write this down, specialization, support, strategy, protection, and ultimately victory. Come on. Now you know what the enemy's mad at it? <clears throat> I'm going to say it again. <coughs> it is for specialization, support, strategy, protection, and ultimately victory. to God. Resist the devil and he will flee. I'm going to fill in submission. Take your position in God. Resist the devil and he will flee. Fall into rank in God. Resist the devil and he will flee. The greatest weapon of our warfare is submission. Why? Because it leads to victory. When we take our position, there are no longer holes in the ranks. The enemy cannot get through. The opposite of submission is independence and pride. Sorry. Not sorry. When I decide that I want what I want and not what the Lord wants, my place is vacant and I have left a hole. I'm also going to be the first one to tell you that I have had the Lord tell me things that I don't particularly like. <laughs> what? What? He does that? Yeah. He kind of does. This is why I am rooted in the fact that as high as the heavens are above the earth are his ways above mine. That's why I am rooted in the fact that no eye has seen and no ear has heard all that God has prepared for those who love him. Come on. Sorry. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, nor has it even entered into the heart of a man all that God has prepared for those who love him. I have positioned my heart to acknowledge that it may not have actually entered my heart yet, or my mind yet, what God has for me. And I'm going to give you some keys to be able to accept those words when they feel like, was it in my head? Lorian and I have sat many, many times, especially in the early days of building Aruka, and I remember we would sit and we'd go, okay, we're going to do what you say. But we're going on record, we're mad about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> do it. In my room. <laughs> <laughs> but here's what's true. It takes a very short amount of time before I sit in that same office, look at those same beautiful brown eyes across the table, and I say, he was really smart, and he was really right, and he's really good, and yes. he did way more than I ever could have imagined through that, and I cannot wait for the next instruction, and I want to run toward it and not away from it, and I want to take my place, and I want to say, yes, Lord, because he is faithful, and he is good. He's a good head. He's a good commander-in-chief. He's super good.
When I operate independently on my own agenda, I leave myself isolated and subject to attack. Take a physical body. If you pull a piece out, it's not good. <laughs> it's just not good. Are you free right now? <laughs> Say, set me free, Lord. Did you know there's a second definition of submission inside Hupotasa? There is a military term. There is a non-military use of this word. Ready? It is a voluntary attitude of giving in, cooperating, assuming responsibility, and carrying a burden. Anybody know the most important word in this entire slide? It's voluntary. Yeah. Say voluntary. 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 The basis of all submission is that it's voluntary. Right. We have to start there. How do you know when you are being invited into submission and how do you know when you're under fear and control? Pretty simple. Jesus said perfect, or John, in First John, said perfect love casts out fear because fear has to do with punishment. When I am being invited into submission, I am being welcomed, I am being honored, I am being loved, I am being valued for my gifting, for my place, and I'm being given an opportunity to say yes. If at any moment I am invited into something where there is a consequence for my no from you, and I'm into some theology here. If you give me a consequence that I am not in relationship with you anymore, that I am not welcomed, that you're going to be mad at me, give me the silent treatment, do any other form of punishment against me, that is control. That's right. And I, for one, will have nothing to do with it. Amen. Sorry, I'm not. Preach. Okay, so I'm particularly sensitive to this topic. You heard my history, okay? It's a long history. I'm like, yeah, that kind of feels like control, so no. <laughs> right? Just no. No, you do So here's the trick. What I'm not going to tell you is that saying no to the Lord, we're going to separate the head from the other members of the body because everybody's going to have an opinion about this. Okay? So. This is probably three sermons, so I'm going to try to keep it super, super clear here. We're talking about instructions from the Lord. You know that thing he asks you to do? That thing? No, I don't want that, right? There are consequences to that, okay? But I'm going to tell you what the consequences sort of should sound like. They should have a tone to those consequences. God will have a tone. And it sounds a little bit like when Mordecai was talking to Esther. It sounds like, you know, guys, can I, you understand the story of Esther? Okay. So, there's a moment when Esther's like, are you kidding me? You want me to do what? I'm going to die. <laughs> right? And Mordecai says to her, he says, okay, no problem. What I want you to know is God is God, and he's going to rescue his people one way or the other, with or without you. 
He will, if you say no, it's fine. Be free. He will raise up another person. But you're kind of going to lose your place of authority here. You're going to lose your opportunity. And how do you know that God didn't position you for such a time as this? So when I hear from the Lord, I usually respond in two different ways. The response I wish I had more of is, yes, totally, I'm in, that's great. Yes, I will do it. Okay? There are other times when he tells me to do something, I'm like, I totally don't want to do that. But the truth is, I want my position in your kingdom. I want to partner with you for your agenda. And I don't want to risk your, your I, I just, I want to phrase this properly. Let me just say it this way. I want, yeah, I want that. What is it? Opportunity. Yeah. I don't want to miss the opportunity. I want to be like Isaiah when he said, here, my Lord, send me. Yeah. I want to be the one that says yes on the front line. I want to be picked and I want to be chosen. And I want to partner with the living God because it is the most incredible journey you will ever be on. So I want that. So what drives me often to yes is, Lord, I could not bear you not calling on me again. I, I, I want you to call on me again. And I want to see kind of what you do. So the more I practice it, kind of the more fun it gets. Because now I'm more like, let's see how this turns out. Right? I used to say, Lord, I want you to stabilize me. I want to be stable. And then I went to, Lord, I want you, I, I want to be able to, to balance my life on the head of a pin with you. And then I moved to, just throw me in the deep end. <laughs> just throw me in the deep end. Right? Because I want to position my life in such a way that if you don't come through, the whole thing goes down. Because yeah. that's where the fun is. Right. This will drive you to your yes. Because he really is just that good. So when I so we have to understand it's voluntary, but the word that I love is I'm gonna assume responsibility. My submission is, Lord, you handed me some orders. You handed me an instruction. Will I do it? Will I take the weight of my calling? Will I stop resisting it because it's uncomfortable? I remember a good pastor um, in my formative years. Um, I, a lot of you have heard me say I learned a lot under Daniel Brown. And I remember, and Daniel loved to talk about people's gifts, and he loved to call them out. And I was having this brief sort of hallway conversation with Dan in which he was sort of famous for these like two minute things where he'd like blow up your life in two minutes and then just walk away. <laughs> and he said to me, he said, you know, you have the gift of administration. And I was livid. Livid. Because in my mind, that was the secretary who sat in the back. And I had no interest in that. I wanted to be a prophet. <laughs> Not an administrator. I did it. Took me a lot of years. It was in this building. 
three and a half years ago that I finally said yes. And when I said yes, my entire life opened up. Because when you let God position you where he wants to position you, and you lay down your agenda and your pride and your independence, you will come into a land that is so wide and so broad, where you are so fully you, where you are specialized, where there is strategy, where there is protection, and where there is victory. I want to cooperate with God. I want to assume the responsibility. I want to carry the weight that he's given me to carry. Says a voluntary attitude of giving in. All right, I'll do that. By the way, that's what it looks like. All right, I'll go there. Fine. You want me to go look? Oh, fine. I'll cooperate. So I want to go to um, a really good example. I'm going to prove to you in the Word of God about voluntary. Oh, I love this. Okay, one of my favorite verses ever. John 10, 17 through 18. This is Jesus talking. Okay, so hold on to the word voluntary. And this is the one who is our master. And he said, all right, keep going. He said, John 10, 17 through 18, if you want to write this down. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay my life down that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have the authority to take it up again. This charge, or this responsibility, or this burden I received from my Father. Do you know how much freedom this verse gave me? I lay it down, and I pick it up. By the way, Mr. Good, I do the dishes because I choose to do the dishes. And I don't do them when I don't want to do them. But I make my choices because I want the Father's love. Because of his love for me, I can make these choices. Do you understand? Jesse, I said yes to being on staff here. I said yes to being on staff here because I chose. So when I understand the glorious invitation of Jesus, he says, hey, honey, you want to do this with me? What this says is not that I'm in control. It says that I'm invited to cooperate with and partner with Jesus himself because he did it. He said, no one, did, nobody takes this from me. God is not forcing me. I choose because I see the picture. Preach it. Jesus assumed the responsibility for his calling. He carried the weight of what he was sent to do. He carried the weight of his position as Savior. So I needed to ask myself, what did Jesus know that I need to know? Here's the keys. I would write this down. These are going to be anchors for you, and I want you to go back to them if you have any struggles with submission at all, in any way. Jesus knew he was free. 
He knew that everything he did was voluntary. We have to understand that Jesus is voluntary. We know this because in the garden, he said, Father, let this cup pass. He had the conversation with God. By the way, litmus test. If somebody gives you an instruction or wants to lead you somewhere, there's always a conversation to be had and it's fine. And the conversation can sound like I'm scared and this might hurt and I don't know what to do. Because Jesus himself had it with his father. Can you can can is can we have a plan B? Is there another way? But at the end, he wanted to partner with his calling. He said, Whatever you want, God, is what I'm gonna do. So you must know you always have a choice. Let your yes be yes and your no no. You're free. If you want more of God, then it's there for you. It's sort of like a bunch of doors. You can go through them as fast or as slow as you want. Okay, Tom and I always joke, you know, he's going to be 60 soon, I'm going to be 50 soon. And we're like, man, why did it take us so long to get here? <laughs> well, because God is kind. He didn't kick us through the door. He waited. He waited until we chose to go through the door. Right, <clears throat> the second thing Jesus knew is he knew his identity. This is key. We talk about this here. That root system, if you go back to the tree, right, that, that root system brings us to our identity in Christ. Jesus knew that he was a son. Part of the reason I resisted submission for so long is I was utterly convinced that somehow at the end of this instruction, I'm on the losing end. Somehow I'm going to suffer. Somehow this is going to suck for me. And somebody else is going to get the credit or have more fun or whatever it is. But when I understood that I was a daughter, that I was loved, that everything I did was already finished the minute I said yes to Jesus, and that everything from that point on is just fun and partnership, then I could rest. I wasn't afraid of what he might ask me to do because I understood his goodness. I understood his love. I understood that the way he ordered things, because he is not the Hitler nameless, faceless, agenda-driven tormentor. He is a good, good God. And he positions me for protection, for specialization, for strategy, right? And for victory. How could I not run to him and say yes when I understand that? And the third thing that Jesus knew is he knew that his future was set. How do I know? John 13, verses 3 through 5. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from the supper table. He laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel tied around his waist, he poured water in a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet. Do you know why Jesus could wash the disciples' feet? Knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, that he had come from God and was going back to God. He knew that his future was set. What would you do if you knew that your future was set? What would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? What if you actually dove in and just tried every yes that you believe? 
I think one of the <clears throat> things that holds us back is especially when we don't like what we've been asked to do or we feel like it's small or it's weird or it's not, I don't know, it's just not, but it's on our agenda and not be convenient, is I want to take you back to the garden and I want to expose the enemy's lies. If you go back to the garden, when Adam and Eve fell, the, the temptation that Satan used wasn't that the fruit was good by the way. He used, do you know, if you eat of this, God knows that you're going to be like him. Code word, he's trying to hold you back. He's trying to hold you back. Your pastor, he's trying to hold you back. You know, he knows, he knows that you're called to preach, but he asked you to do coffee. Because he's threatened by you. You know your boss? Like he hired his brother-in-law, so he's, you know, you're never going to get that raise. He's trying to hold you back. This accusation of God and authority that says you are trying to hold me back, that is the fundamental lie. Watch for it. And if you hear anything like it, run as fast as you can the opposite direction. Because God's strategy is for you to bring you victory. He is a good God. Your plans are set. There is no fear in love. The perfect love casts out all fear. So what I hear the Lord saying to us today is, come, take your position. Take your rank. Fulfill your call as an integral, critical member of the kingdom of heaven and the government of God. So what I want to do today is I'm actually going to ask the team to come up, the worship team. And we're not going to have a typical response that we, that we often have. Because what I believe about submission as was my case, submission for me has very little to do with other people. It is fundamentally rooted in what I believe about God, what I believe about myself, what I believe about my future, what I believe about his character. And I think that what I want to invite us to do today is um, I'm going to ask the, the worship team, they're going to sing a song, we're going to put the lyrics up. Because I want to ask you, is there a place? Did any of these lies ring true to you? So here's the question. Did any of these lies ring true? Because I believe there's an exchange that needs to happen. A laying down of all of that look that actually does hold you back into a position in God. He wants to invite us into a position. The second question I would have for you is, has the Lord asked you to do something? In an arena, in not just in church. Don't, I'm, don't, don't be small like this. I'm not talking about, oh, I think I'm supposed to clean the toilets of church now. No. No, 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 no. Is there a position in your family that you haven't taken? Is there a position in your marriage? Is there a position at your work? Is there a position in your calling? Is there something in your heart that you know, that you know, that you know God is calling you to do? 
And you resist it. Maybe you're afraid of them. Maybe you're afraid of other people. God is going to call you because he's the head. He's the head. We take our instructions from him. My greatest offering, by the way, to this body is not to do what Jesse says. My greatest offering is to live a life where I perform at all times for an audience of one, where I listen carefully to his voice. And when I show up here, I bring all that I am. I take his identity over me. I take his specialization. I know what I'm meant to do, and I bring it all fearlessly. That's positioning. That's how victory comes. So I want to invite you into that question. Lord, is there a place where I've resisted you? Can you show me why I'm resisting you, or can you give me the courage to move forward? So the lyrics are going to be up there. If you can't formulate a prayer, 